Hello and welcome into today's episode where we will be joining Legacy Church there in Shebbyville, Tennessee, where I will be preaching a word that I pray and I hope blesses your life. I pray it takes you to greater heights in the kingdom. Get ready because I believe God is going to do something special with what you're hearing today. So this morning I'm laying in bed. I woke up actually about four o'clock this morning and uh, the Lord had me turn on a message from a prophet that I listened to and he is, had a new year service last night and I listened to him for a little bit and prayed and worshiped and did all of those things. And then I, I went back to sleep and about six o'clock this morning, I think it was probably around five thirty or six ish. I was laying there next to my wife and I heard God speak to me audibly for the first time in my life. And can I tell you right now, church, I, I really, I can't even believe I'm, I'm saying that. I hope that y'all know me well enough to know that I would never, ever say something like that for attention or making something up. I promise you, it was like God's lips was right here. And he, it woke, literally it woke me up and all he said was, Caleb, Caleb, And I looked over, I woke up and I looked over at my wife and she was kind of snoring. So I knew it wasn't her. I looked to the door to see if maybe Asher had come from downstairs and nobody was at the door. And then immediately in my spirit was dropped when Samuel was a young boy and he heard the voice of God and he kept going to the other prophet and he said, (laughs) and he said, I'm here. God called his name and he said, I'm, I'm here. And he did this two times. And then the third time, the prophet realized what was going on. And he told him, no, that is God speaking to you. When you go back to bed, lay down. And when you hear the voice again, tell the Lord, I'm here. Your servant is here. And I hear you. That immediately was dropped in my spirit. And so I said, Lord, I hear you. Your servant is here. What do you want me to do? And I sat there for a minute. I didn't hear anything else. I was almost expecting to have this crazy experience. Let me tell you right now, it crippled me when I heard it. I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And I've been walking with the Lord for eight years now. I have never, I've never heard the audible voice of God like that. Yesterday when I was praying about God, you know, praying about my personal life, my family, over our home, over our ministries, over our families, I said, God, what I'm looking for a word, God, I need a word for 2023. What are you expecting of me? What is going to happen within my life, within our ministries, within my family? Like, Lord, what are you speaking right now? I'm about this. This year is dying at 12 o'clock tonight and I'm stepping into something new in the morning. I said, God, what is the word of the Lord for the year? And he says, son, I'm going to speak to you clearly. He said, I'm going to speak to you clearly. I said, Lord, is this a personal word for me or is it for the ministries? Is it for the recovery ministries? Is it for the church? He said, son, that is for you and everything you are tied to. If you sit underneath me at this church as your pastor, that word is for you as well. And then we get in here this morning and start speaking, start singing, speak to me. Confirmation, folks. Of what God is getting ready to do in your life. Not just mine, but your life. 
In 2023, you are fixing to hear the voice of the Lord clearly. When I asked the Lord, after I heard his voice this morning, I said, Lord, why did you wake me up like that? You're not responding to me right now. Like, what do you want? He said, I did it as a sign and a wonder for you to believe what I told you yesterday. Jesus. Thank you that we'll be able to hear you clearly this year. That you will give clear direction, Father. That you will speak to us. And we shall not move. We shall not move until you speak. We shall not move until you speak. Lord, speak clearly to your people. Thank you, Jesus. God, our declaration today is that we shall not move until you speak. God, we won't talk until you speak. God, we won't make financial decisions until you speak. God, we won't start the business until you speak. God, we won't start the ministry. We won't launch the ministry until you speak. God, we won't put a ring on it until you speak. God, we won't engage in a relationship until you speak. God, we're not moving until you speak. Lord, we are declaring and decreeing today that we shall hear the voice of the Lord God Almighty clearly in this house and amongst these people God work and move amongst the people of God work and move amongst your children God whisper destiny and purpose into the ears of your children this year in 2023 God we decree and declare that this is the year that we shall declare the works of God in the land of the living that God we will worship you that God we will praise you that God we will clearly declare the word of the Lord we will clearly declare your wonders and your marvels and your miracles God we will testify of you from the ends from this place to the ends of the earth God we will shout of your praises and your glory oh we worship you Jesus we worship you Jesus God we thank you for clarity God we thank you for clarity we won't move Until you speak. We won't move until you speak, God. Hallelujah. We worship your King Jesus. We give you praise in this house. Lord, this year is yours. This house is yours. These people are yours. Our voices are yours. We will be the mouthpiece of the Lord and we shall speak what you tell us to speak, God. We'll lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. For this is the year of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, if you're thankful for clarity in the house of God, can you give him a hand clap offering and a shout of praise real quick? Come on. I ain't talking about a golf clap or a little shout. Give God a shout of praise and a hand clap offering in this place. God, we worship you. God, we give you praise. Lord, we give you honor and glory.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, come on, worship, sister. Worship. Thank you, Lord. Transition into the word, but get your tithes and your offering ready. And I want to pray over it. I want to thank you for your giving here at Legacy Church. Uh, We have a heart for missions here and uh, we have a heart to expand the kingdom of God. Uh, We did just get to support our orphanages that we support in India. We got to buy them. We're buying them all new. uh, There was new Christmas outfits that we're getting them, but also we paid for their Christmas meal, a little something extra on top of what we give them monthly um, for the support of the orphanage that we have there in India. We're supporting recovery ministries. We're supporting missionaries. We're supporting evangelists. And of course, your tithe and offering goes to supporting this house. Amen. So get your tithe and offering ready. If you lift it in your hand, you can give via the VR, uh, the QR code there. Um, there's ways to give on the back of your chairs. Um, and of course you can bring cash and checks to the buckets. Amen. Just lift up your offering. Let's pray over it. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just thank you for the giver today. Lord, we just honor you. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we thank you for what took place in the house of God so far today. And Lord, I just ask that you would bless the giver today, multiply it. May this be a season this year where the spirit of poverty will be broken off of your people, God. Renew our mindsets. Let us be givers. Let us be cheerful givers because we know that when we give God, you are good enough to press it down, shake it together and have it running over God. We honor you with the tenth. Lord, we honor you with the tent, the first fruits of our increase, God. We give it unto you. And God, I pray over this offering today and I say, Lord, multiply it like you did the fish and the bread. Lord, that we would reach the ends of the earth with this gospel that you have given us to preach. Lord, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. So uh, today I'm talking about prayer and fasting as a kingdom key, and I'm going to talk to you about what that will unlock in your life. So here we go. Prayer, fasting, kingdom keys. Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 21, and the Bible says this. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. Stay, stay right there, though, with that word epileptic, because I want to talk to you about that real briefly. That word translated in the Greek is moonlight. And what that is declaring right there is that the enemy would come to his son at night. And he would break out into these seizures. I believe that there is brain functions and seizures that happen with physical illnesses and all of those things. But this right here was an attack of the enemy at night. And it happened to him often. You know, and Matthew 13 explains this a lot more. And John 9 explains this a lot more about the enemy actually working at night. So we need to have serious discernment, amen, church, about what is what and what is not. Amen? So 
next verse, verse 16. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus is mad, y'all. For real. He's mad. He's upset. Next verse. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured that very hour. Was cured that very hour. Then the disciples came to him and said, came to Jesus privately and said, why can we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will be new moved and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Father, over the next couple of moments, I pray that you would help me to preach and teach your word. Lord God, let us have an encounter from heaven with your word today. Lord Jesus, may we leave this place better for it. And may we leave this place uh, knowing the truth of your word, God. We honor you and we give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So, as we get started here discussing the keys of the kingdom. This one right here, my friends, is very, very powerful. We're going into the new year declaring a corporate, a time of corporate prayer and fasting over the next 21 days that will be starting on January 2nd. And I hope that you will join us here as the church. When it comes to the prayer and the fasting that I am declaring over the house and that we will be joining in together with, uh, we will call random prayer meetings uh, here at the church. We want you to be praying and fasting in the new year. We want you to be praying and fasting for the next 21 days, folks. And so what this looks like, too, fasting is uh, where you are taking something and you're pushing it to the side and you're saying, God, I want to draw closer to you. Most of the time, this is food, right? Uh, I'll be taking a 21-day social media fast. There will be some scheduled posts that come out publicly or whatever, but I'm going to take a break from social media and detox. Come on, somebody. I'm going to take a break from social media, and I'm going to be fasting. My fast will look different than your fast, I'm sure. Um, you know, and, and so also what mine would be is modified from week to week. So uh, there will be weeks that I'm cutting off certain foods, might not have meat for seven days, might not have bread for seven days, might not have sweets. Come on. You need to make this hurt. Come on, somebody. That's the purpose of fasting is for you to feel it. And I'll get to this in a second, but the purpose of fasting is to get your spirit strong and push your flesh to the side. And the church said, amen. So that is the purpose of fasting. That's what we're entering into. I'm going to touch on this and talk on this uh, more here in just a second. But I, I want you to get ready, my friends, during this fast. We are going to humble ourselves before the Lord. We're going to gain instruction 
from the Lord. We're going to receive breakthrough from the Lord. We're going to return to the heart of the Lord through fasting. We're going to gain revelation from the Lord. We are going to see doors open and we're going to overcome temptations that we kept tripping over in 2022. And we will see breakthrough from them in 2023. Y'all ain't saying no thing. The yokes that might have held you back in 2022 are going to be broken in 2023 in the first 21 days of the new year. Amen. So I'm going to talk about the keys of prayer first and then go into the keys of fasting and what that will unlock. Remember, we're talking about kingdom keys, the keys to the kingdom. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says, I, the gates of hell will not prevail and I will give you what? Keys to the kingdom of God. Amen. And so this is some of the keys with prayer and fasting. So I came on an assignment this morning to tell the church that prayer works. I said prayer works. Let me say it again. I said prayer works. Prayer works when you communicate and you talk to God. He tends to talk back to you. Amen. Come on. Prayer works. Prayer works. Prayer works. Prayer brings about revival. Just ask Lazarus. Come on. Prayer produces power. Ask the disciples. Prayer brings about a broken and contrite heart to the Lord. Ask David. Prayer overcomes Satan and the enemy. Ask Jesus. Prayer opens the doors for the Holy Spirit. Prayer brings Holy Spirit manifestations into your life. Prayer creates spiritual sensitivity. Come on, somebody. Children of God, God is as close as your next prayer. God is as close to you as your next prayer. God, you understand that God is leaning on the edge of his throne, waiting to hear your next prayer. He sits on the edge of his throne and he says, Michael, Gabriel, do you hear what my son just asked for? Do you hear what my daughter just asked for? Go and give them what they ask. Go protect them. Go send them this message. Go give them this word. God is looking for you to engage with him in prayer. Amen. Prayer is also a weapon that God has given you to attack the enemy with. Oh, come on, somebody. Some of us got whooped way too much in 2022, and it might have been because you lacked in the department of prayer. Come on. But if we can be a church that will raise up again and say that we shall pray, we will be a praying church. We will be a church that communicates with God. We will be a church that speaks to God. We will be a church that pushes everything to the side and says, God, I'm not moving and I'm not leaving this place until I hear you speak from to me. God, I'm not moving. I'm not changing. I'm go- I am going to sit here here and stay here until I hear the voice of God speak something to me. You know, God will stop the sun in the sky if you ask him to so that you can defeat your enemy. All you got to do is ask Joshua. Amen. Come on. God will go out of his way and break the natural laws of physics to answer one of his kids prayers. Come on. Y'all remember the story of Elijah, right? It it, it usually rains rain, right? That's what usually falls from the sky. He he breaks the laws of physics to answer one of his kids prayers because Elijah says, Lord, I need you to rain down fire. Come on. But when a man of God is wanting to prove that Yahweh is the one true God, oh, come on, somebody, God will even break protocol on the way that he designed things. I'm telling you this morning that prayer works, church. Prayer works. Main key number one I wanted to reveal to you is this, that prayer, the kingdom key, 
of prayer unlocks power. The kingdom key of prayer unlocks power. When we look in the Bible, we see so many powerful prayers. In the ministry of Moses, we see a man who had power in prayer. He could speak with authority to the enemies of God and also the enemies of the children of Israel. And when he prayed, plagues broke out on God's enemies. When he prayed, entire seas would open wide for him for the children of Israel to pass through. You might be asking yourself, how does a mere man develop this type of power? Well, I'm glad you asked this morning. He developed this type of anointing and he developed this type of power because he was a man of prayer. Moses would spend days upon days in prayer. Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights in prayer on Mount Sinai in the glory and in the presence of God. Come on. Moses would spend days on God's mountain in his presence and seeking the will of God. Joshua, who was a mighty man of valor and won great victories for the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of God and the children of Israel. He won mighty conquests on the way from the desert to the promised land. And guess where Joshua was while his, while his leader Moses was on the mountain? The Bible says that Joshua was at the foot of the mountain and he was praying. Come on, somebody. If you want to do great things for the kingdom of God. You must be a man and you must be a woman of prayer. Let me tell you something right now, woman or woman of God or man of God. If you want to be going from a wilderness into a promised land, you must be a person of prayer. You must be a woman of prayer. You must be a man of prayer. Walls don't come down in your life without prayer. Come on, shackles don't fall off in the middle of a prison cell at midnight without prayer. Come on, victories can't happen without prayer. Breakthrough can't happen without prayer. Deliverance can't happen without prayer. Revival can't happen. I'm going to say it till you get it. Revival, revelation can't happen without prayer. Miracles can't happen without prayer. Shackles don't fall off without prayer. Deliverance can't happen without prayer. We must be a people of prayer. I'm reminded of David who was an anointed king in one chapter. He was anointed king in one chapter and then faced the biggest giant of his life in the next chapter. Let me tell you something right now. You don't slay demonic giants without being a man of prayer. Come on. You'll never, you'll never stop demonic agendas without the power of prayer. You can't slay spiritual lions and bears on the back end of a desert while you're a teenager and nobody's looking without prayer. It takes power in prayer to hide out in caves and run instead of killing the joker who wants you dead when you had a chance to like David did. Come on. It takes a praying man to stop and ask God if he should pursue the individuals who just kidnapped his family and his entire encampment. It takes a man of prayer to overcome the fact that his army's about to turn on him. It takes a man of prayer to overcome these things. David's first assignment as king of Israel, was to go get back the Ark of the Covenant. Why? So they could pray. So that the presence of God would be with them. The power is in prayer. Come on, we look at the source of the success or or the source of the power in David's reign, and it was absolutely prayer. Elijah was the prophet of God during one of the worst times in Israel. At that time, Israel had turned 
to the worship of Baal. But Elijah prayed powerfully. Come on, somebody. Challenging the prophets of Baal. When we remember the story of Elijah, we think of his power. But we, we must remember the source of that power. Elijah was a man of prayer. He didn't just show up one day trying to challenge a bunch of witches and, and witch doctors and all of this just off the whim. No, he was a man of prayer. He was a man of God who had spent time in the presence of God. And the Lord had instructed him to go. And to fight these prophets, to take out these prophets. He was a man of prayer. He'd been in the presence of God. He had heard the voice of God. He would spend days and hours in prayer. If we in the church want to see revival and the fire of God fall once again on the people, we must be a people of prayer. And I ain't talking about good God, you're great. Thanks for the food on my plate. I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about Holy Ghost prayer. Come on, I'm talking about praying in tongues and in the spirit. Come on, I'm talking about praying and laying prostrate on the floor and saying, God, I can't leave here until I get a breakthrough. God, I'm not leaving here until I hear your voice. God, I'm bringing every concern and every fear and every worry and every anxiety to you in prayer because my Bible tells me to make my requests known to God through what? Prayer and supplication. You want to know what supplication means? It means pray and then pray again. Come on, somebody. It means pray and then pray some more. Bring your prayers and your requests with prayer and supplication to the Lord. If we want to see revival in America, if we want to see the tide turned around on this thing to where we are right now, it's going to take a radical dedication to prayer. Going to take a radical dedication to prayer. How many of you remember? How many of you remember the story of Hezekiah? Wave at me if you read your Bible and remember the story of Hezekiah. Come on. He was a righteous king in first or second Kings chapter 19, and an Assyrian army assembled against the children of Israel. And the king of the Assyrians, Sennacherib, had sent King Hezekiah a letter saying he was about to destroy them in the city. He was actually right outside of the city walls of Jerusalem. So King Hezekiah, he takes that letter to the temple. Oh, come on, somebody. King Hezekiah takes that letter to the temple. And he spreads it out before the presence of God in the Ark of the Covenant. And he says, God, your honor is at stake. Oh, come on. He says, God, you are God and God alone. You are the one who establishes kings and you are the one who establishes kingdoms. You've told us that you would protect us. You told us that you would never leave us. You told us that you would never forsake us. Incline your ear, Father, to my prayer. Incline your ear to the threats of this king who has come against you. He doesn't even realize that you're the one who's given him his power. He's reproaching you, oh God. He is mocking you, oh God. Hear my prayer and deliver us. <laughs> and how many of you know that God heard the prayers of King Hezekiah? The Lord sent one angel. He sent one angel into the Assyrian army camp and that one angel destroyed 185 
thousand soldiers in one night. What are you trying to say, pastor? I'm trying to tell you when the enemy comes against you and surrounds you like a flood, God will get ready to raise up a standard and all it will take is one little old angel to go out and destroy 185,000 soldiers that might come against your destiny, that might come against your purpose. But it's going to take you to labor for God in prayer and seek after the face of God. And you can tell them, Lord, your honor is at stake. You have told me that you would protect me. You told me that you would be with me. You told me, you promised me. You said my kids would be, you said my kids would be saved. Come on. You said I would be healed of this sickness. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on. You said that my marriage would be put back together. Come on. You said God, when you lean on the promises of God and you take them before them in prayer, he's not a man that he should lie. So when you take those before the Lord, he'll show up on your behalf and take out the enemy that has tried to come against you. Let me tell you something right now. Some of you in the room, you walk through pure hell in 2022. But if you will start out the year in prayer and fasting before the Lord and say, God, I'm not walking through the same season that I went through last year. God, go before me. Take out my enemies. God, walk with me in 2023. Allow me to hear your voice clear. Allow there to be clarity within my spirit of the direction that you want me to go. God, I will not go right when you say left. God, I will not go left when you say Say, right, I will incline my ear to hear your voice and your instruction. And let me tell you something right now. 2023 can be one of the best years of your life. If you will incline yourself to the presence of God. And to the voice of God. And let him speak to you. And let him speak to you clearly and shut everything down. Until you hear the instruction of the Lord. Come on, King Hezekiah knew exactly what to do. He knew exactly what to do when everything was going wrong. He prayed. He prayed. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, no one ever manifested the power of God like the Son of God. Amen? Come on, I said nobody ever manifested the power of God like the son of God. Jesus was a man of prayer. Jesus would shut everything down, y'all, and go pray. Come on, help me preach. Jesus would shut everything down and go pray. He would separate himself from the disciples. Excuse me. He would separate himself from that 500. He would separate himself from the 120. He would separate himself from the 12 to the three and from the three before an audience of one in prayer. He was a man of prayer. He was a man of prayer. Is anyone in the house tired of the powerless prayers that you hear coming from your lips? Is there anybody who's ready to enter into a powerful ministry in prayer where our neighborhoods and our cities and our state and our country knows the power of God once again resides in the capital C church of Jesus Christ and his people? It's going to take a violent dedication to prayer for this to once again happen. Come on, if this is your desire. 
and you're willing to do anything and you're willing to pay any price, we must get ready, ready to dramatically change our prayer life so that we can be ready for the, for the new dimension of power that God wants to give his church this year. There is no reason miracles shouldn't be taking place in church regularly. Come on, there is no reason that miracles shouldn't be taking places in place in our church regularly. There is no reason why sinners shouldn't be drawn to an altar at the first note struck in worship. Come on. It's going to take prayer. You know, there's a testimony of the great Charles Finney. Anybody heard of the revivalist Charles Finney? There's this story of him that one day he was riding on a train and it was passing through a city. And the people didn't know what was going on. He was just passing through the city. But men in cocktail bars just fell on their face and fell on the ground and began to repent and begin to ask God for forgiveness and begin to turn their hearts and their lives over to Jesus Christ simply by one man passing on a train through a city. Charles Finney was a great revivalist, raised the dead, all kinds of miracles, crazy things happened. And one day there was a reporter that, that just doubted what was going on with him and doubted and wanted to go see what was going on and was looking to find the source of Charles Finney's power. He runs, he runs, he, he goes to his, he goes to his hotel where he is staying. And he puts his ear to the door. And for hours, he heard Charles Finney weeping and travailing in the presence of God, praying. If we want to see great miracles and moves of God, it is going to take a violent dedication to prayer. The source of the anointing that was on Charles Finney life. And he would tell you this too. It's not me. It's the Christ in me. Of course, we don't look to men. We look to the God of man, but it was prayer weeping and travailing for hours in the presence of God. And immediately the reporter knew where that stuff came from. Can I help us this evening or this morning that God is no respecter of persons and the same level of his spirit he poured out on great men of God is available to us. Come on. The question is, are we willing to pay the same price that the patriarchs before us paid to obtain it? Young men, are you willing to cut off the TV and get off the Xbox? Come on. Are you willing, men, are you willing to cut off the football game and go shut yourself in a room for an hour and seek the presence of God? Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on. Or ladies, are you willing to put your house chores and your list to the side for just a little bit to go seek and soak in the presence of an almighty God that can give you power like never before? Come on. Will you turn off the Netflix and just pray for a little bit? Can we cut off the news and just pray for a little bit? Come on. I wonder if Is there anybody in the room that says I will dedicate myself and my life to prayer and fasting to watch the greatest move of God that we've ever seen? I'm not looking for Brownsville. I'm not looking for Azusa Street. I'm looking for the revival that God wants to pour out on his bride in 2023. Is there anybody else that's with me that says I will have a violent 
dedication to prayer and fasting to watch a move of God. Jesus makes this statement and says that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. It's going to take a violent dedication to prayer and sanctification and and setting yourself apart in the presence of the king to look like him. To walk like him. To lay hands like him. To forgive like him. To forgive like him. To walk in love like him. To walk in compassion like him. For your speech to sound like his speech instead of the world's around you. For your Facebook and your Instagram to look like what his would look like. Oh, come on, somebody. It's going to take a violent dedication of prayer and fasting to walk this thing out that God is calling us to in this new year. Watch this. Prayer not only produces personal power but it produces corporate power. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, goodness, I got to hurry. I said prayer not only produces personal power, but it produces corporate power. Come on, somebody. I'm reminded of Acts chapter 2, where there was corporate prayer going on, and Jesus said, don't go anywhere. Come on, I've done got on that cross. I've done been buried in a tomb and resurrected, but y'all need to go pray. Y'all need to go sit in the presence of God. You need to go call on God. You need to go have this dedication to prayer and fasting and wait on me. You've got the gun, but you're going to need the ammo. Come on, somebody. You've got salvation, but you're going to need the spirit of God because you ain't going to be able to do this without him. And what is the first thing that happens in Acts chapter 2 at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? They are praying and tongues of fire comes down on them and they begin to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. And that That, my friends, is about prayer. It ain't about look at me and how I can get in my flesh and how spiritual I am because I can pray in tongues. No, praying in tongues and in the spirit is about power in prayer. 1 Corinthians 14. I got Bible for all of it for anybody questioning. 1 Corinthians 14 says that when you pray, you pray in your, when you're praying in the spirit, you pray and speak mysteries to God. You're praying for things you don't even know you need to be praying for. Romans 8 also says that the spirit gives us utterance that cannot be understood. The first thing that the Lord does when he wants to give us power is he teaches us to pray. And we'll call a prayer meeting and three people will show up at the church. I'm going to get in your living room. Come on. That's the first thing that God does when he says, wait. You understand that Jesus uses his last words on the face of the earth to give them instructions to wait because you can't do this without the power of the Holy Ghost. We sit at the bedside of our loved ones and hang on to their last words and we cherish them. Why do we not hang on to the last words of the master on the face of the earth when his last words was says, wait, you got to get ready to pray. I'm going to teach you how to pray. I'm going to show you how to pray. And even when you don't know how or what to do, I'm going to be in you and with you and I'll teach you how to pray. We can't get folks to show up for prayer meetings at the church, but we want revival. 
Jesus. Prayer unlocks power. And watch this. Prayer produces brokenness. Prayer produces brokenness. Psalm 51, 16 through 17. For you do not, li- do not, you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You do not take pleasure in the burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. God will not despise. I have learned in my short time in ministry that God cannot use a person that is not broken. God cannot use a person that is not broken. I'm reminded of the encounter that Peter has with Jesus after he has denied him three times. He denies Jesus the master three times. And Jesus is cooking him breakfast waiting on him to get off the boat. And he has this encounter with him where Jesus calls him and says, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. And on the third time, Peter breaks. On the third time, Peter is broken. And after that, and in the, the outpouring and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, he's able to preach to 3,000 souls and they're saved in one day. But it took God to break him for him to actually get him to a place of usefulness for the kingdom of God. We look at the life of David and he was guilty of the most heinous sins. He was guilty of adultery and murder. But yet God called him a man after his own heart. How is this even possible? I'll tell you how it's possible. It's possible because David was broken before the Lord. It's because he was a man who was broken. And if we can get to a place of brokenness, God can use us. Peter's sin broke him. David's sin broke him. Who here remembers the story of Jesus at the Passover? He blesses the bread, then he what? Breaks it. Can I tell you, my friend, the blessing don't come before the breaking. The blessing don't come Before the breaking, prayer will keep you broken before God. Watch this, because prayer keeps you in the presence of God. Prayer keeps you in the presence of God. And in the presence of God is where you can stay broken, my friends. That's why, man, if you don't hear anything, I'm telling you today, listen to me on this. Prayer will keep you broken before God because when you pray and you really seek after God, he shows up into the room. And when he shows up into the room, you realize how holy he is and how holy you are not. Just read Isaiah chapter six. Woe is me. He gets in the presence of God almighty and falls flat on his face and says, woe is me. I'm about to die for I've seen the king. His presence reveals how holy. Holiness means that he is set up, meaning he's different. Sure, God is perfect, but when we talk about holiness within the body of Christ, it doesn't mean that you've got to be perfect. What it means is that you need to be sanctified and set apart. His presence reveals that. Jesus. Main key number three here. Prayer and fasting helps you overcome temptation. Need to say that again. 
Prayer and fasting helps you overcome temptation. Say it again until you get it. Prayer and fasting helps you overcome temptation. Prayer and fasting is a key that helps you overcome temptation. Jesus, while there in the garden, he has the three with him. He tells them, watch and pray for an hour, lest you fall into temptation, into temptation for the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. So many people have turned this into an excuse for their sin. Well, my, my spirit was willing, but my flesh was weak. That's not a get free card for you to live how you want to live. Jesus is saying, watch and pray, lest you fall into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What Jesus is saying is if you're prayed up. Help me, church. I said if you're prayed up, you can overcome temptations. If you're watching pray for an hour, your spirit will be stronger than your flesh. Oh, so many of us, we work out our flesh muscles, but we never work out our spiritual muscles. And that's why you keep falling into a pit. And that's why you keep falling into temptation. It's because you won't pray. It's because you won't soak in the presence of God and turn on the worship music and just seek God for an hour, maybe a couple of times a week. Heck, try this. Do it every day and see what happens. You'll stop falling in a ditch if you're prayed up. So temptation, prayer and fasting unlocks you overcoming temptation. Fasting, main key number four, fasting. But what is fasting, pastor? It's you pushing the food or even the water or an activity, something you enjoy to the side and saying, God, I want more of you. And in order to have more of you, I've got to make room. I've got to make room. You can fast other things, but yes, this is mainly about food. Why? Because you're starving the physical in order to strengthen the spiritual. This is what fasting is about. This is what prayer and fasting is about. Fasting is a spiritual exercise. So you're going to get the flesh out of the way in order to strengthen the spirit. God loves hungry people. (laughs) Mm. Say that again. God loves hungry people. But he ain't just talking about your belly. Come on. Fasting isn't showing God. Fasting isn't showing God you're hungry in the natural. You're showing him you're hungry in the spiritual. Keep seeking, keep knocking, keep asking. Keep seeking, keep knocking, keep asking. Keep seeking, keep knocking, keep asking. This is what the kids these days would call thirsty. Come on. Come on. But Jesus wants you to be thirsty for spiritual water. Jesus wants you to be thirsty for him and stop gratifying your flesh. We've got too many Christians out here thirsty for relationships instead of living water, where if you'll just sit and drink, he will reveal the right relationship that's for you. So you don't have to keep running around and getting your heart broke. Single folks, listen to me real well. 2023 will be full of pain and more emptiness if you don't let Jesus fulfill the need and you begin to trust him 
and let him bring you somebody. It's okay to be real in church. Y'all know that, right? It's okay to be real in church. Start drinking living water. Stop being thirsty for everything else and trying to consume this and trying to consume that and trying to consume this person and trying to consume that person. And you're running around and bouncing around looking for love in all the wrong places. Can I help you this morning? Love is at the feet of the king. Love is at the feet of your creator. And if you can begin to properly love him correctly, he will trust you enough to give you one of his sons or one of his daughters. I was all free. Fasting. Let's give, let me give you, I'm done. I'm almost done. Fasting unlocks instruction from the Lord. Let me just tell you what fasting will unlock in your life. Fasting unlocks instruction from the Lord. Acts 13 and Acts 14. They were fasting and praying about who was to step in the apostle roles and the leadership roles in their life. Some of us were sitting underneath leadership or listening to folks that we have no business sitting under and listening to because we won't fast and pray and get direction from the Lord to find out who's really hearing from God. Number two, fasting unlocks revelation, understanding. It brings humility. It gets your words heard and it has God sends you answers to your prayers. Look, listen to this, Daniel 2, 12, uh, 10, 12. Then he said to me, do not be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understanding this and on humbling yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come into response to your words. This is the famous passage of scripture in Daniel chapter 10 and uh, uh, Daniel chapter 10 where God sends Daniel a messenger angel Gabriel and he teaches us things about spiritual warfare do y'all remember this text where Daniel has been fasting and praying 21 days and the archangel Gabriel shows up and says I finally got here as you've been fasting and praying I've had to fight the prince of the air of Persia and he was holding me up from getting here until Michael came and helped me and now I'm here standing before you and because you set your heart to understand this Because you set your heart to fasting and prayer and setting things apart and pushing things to the side to seek me for answers, to seek me for revelation, to seek me for instruction, to bring humility to your heart. I have gotten here to answer this for you because you have set your mind on fasting and prayer. It has humbled yourself. You have humbled yourself before God and watch this. God heard your words. Oh, come on. You want to know the greatest and easiest way to get you to pray is for God to answer your prayers. And fasting and praying is what helps you to get your prayers heard before the throne of God. Amen. Number three, fasting unlocks breakthrough. You look at the life of Esther. She calls a nationwide fast to the Jews that were in the in the country at the time. And she tells them to fast and pray. I'm fixing to walk into a room with this king. And simply by me walking into the room with this king, I could be put to death. So I need y'all to fast and I need y'all to pray. And how many of you remember that Esther got a breakthrough? Why did Esther get a breakthrough? It's because she was fasting and praying and seeking the face of God. And she had called a corporate fast as well and God heard the prayers of the righteous come on fasting unlocks you to return back to the heart of God if you have left it aka fasting gets you to a place of repentance Joel 2.12 even now declares the Lord return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning 
Fasting unlocks revelation. Luke 2, 37. Do y'all remember the story of the woman? She was a widow and she was at the temple night and day and day and night. And all she did was fasted and prayed. And do you want to know when Jesus came in there eight days after his birth to handle the circumcision that was due according to the law? She sees him and she says, oh my goodness, my eyes have seen the Lord. I have seen the Messiah. How come she was the only person at the meeting that day? Matter of fact, there was two of them. It was another man who was dedicated to prayer and fasting too. But they were the only two at the temple that day that realized this little baby was Jesus. He was the Messiah. Why? Because fasting and prayer had unlocked revelation in the life for them to see things that not everybody else around them could see. I'm preaching real good. Prayer and fasting unlocks revelation for you to see things and for God to trust you and show you things that he ain't showing everybody else. Fasting unlocks doors and opportunities that never would have been there without a fast. Nehemiah 1.4, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept for some days and I mourned and I fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Because of his fasting, he is able to go and rebuild Jerusalem and accomplish great things for the Lord. Is there anybody in the room that wants to accomplish great things for the Lord? It's going to take fasting. It's going to take prayer. I've already said it. Fasting helps you overcome temptation. Can I be honest with you? Jesus is ticked at this first scene when this happened. He says, you faithless and perverse generation, how long do I have to bear with you? Worship team, y'all come help me. How long do I have to bear with you? Meaning, how long do I have to put up with your unbelief? Come on, how long do I have to put up with this? With your unbelief. Unbelief to my word. Unbelief to the things that I've showed you. Unbelief to the life that I've lived before you that tells you how to handle this stuff. Isaiah gives us a glimpse into what God is looking for from us when it comes to fasting. Isaiah 58 says this in verse 3. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves And you have not noticed yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast that I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only bowing one's head like a reed and lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? It's not this the kind of fasting that I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see them naked and to clothe them and to not turn away your own flesh and blood. Can I just say this? Fasting means nothing 
if your heart is not set on doing the right thing. Can I help you this morning? You're just going to be hungry. But if your heart is on the right thing that says, I want to reflect the Lord in the earth. I want to see great things happen in the earth. I want to see great moves of God. I want to have such a deep relationship with the Lord God Almighty that I'm willing to push things to the side so that I can draw closer to him. This is the purpose of prayer and fasting, my friends. And can I say this too? There's no purpose in you fasting if you won't pray. We're talking about prayer and fasting as kingdom keys. And when you put them together, what they can unlock in your life. If you're just fasting, but you're not praying. If you're just fasting and you're not praying, you're not going to see the results that you want. But if you will fast and you will pray. Can I just encourage each and every one of you that are going on this journey with us over the next 21 days? Get your butt up early. Can I say that in church? I said it anyways. Get your butt up early and go seek the Lord. Shut the door behind you. Find you a corner in the house. I don't care. Go get in a closet. And shut yourself away with the Lord and fast and pray. And seek the face of God. Watch this. When you do, he's going to show up. Can I just tell you, my friends, when he shows up, you'll never be the same. You'll leave that prayer closet. You'll leave that bedroom. You'll leave that room. You'll leave that office, whatever it might be. And you will not be the same individual that you was when you walked in there. And watch this day by day by day by day by day by day by day. With prayer and fasting, it's like an onion. He's going to peel you back and he's going to take this from you and he's going to take that from you and then he's going to replace it with this and he's going to replace it with that and he's going to peel you back like an onion and he is going to remove and take things out of you that have no business being there. He's going to put things in you and strength and power in you that will have you and give you the ability to overcome temptations and overcome things that you've got to overcome. He'll speak to you. He'll give you revelation. You'll be sitting there reading the word and you will see and understand things that you've read it a hundred times. But this time when you read it, you heard the voice of the Lord explaining. The word is alive. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to support the ministry of the Recovery to Recovered podcast, you could go to canvasshebbyville.com or bethebushministries.com. If you're enjoying the content that you are receiving here on the show, you can also follow me on social media on TikTok at Pastor Caleb Mack, as well as Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mack, and on Facebook under Caleb McCall. Be blessed. Until next time on the Recovery to Recovered podcast.